Welcome to the Healing Courageously podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversation about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a happier and healthier you. Now here's your host, Randy Boyd. Greetings and welcome to this episode of Healing Courageously. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the real pandemic. Uh, we know that the coronavirus has been uh, a pandemic going on for a year, but there's another pandemic that just is not talked about enough, if at all, that we need to start realizing and talking about. And that's that's how this pandemic with the lockdowns and everything else has affected a lot of people uh, with mental health issues. And those that haven't had mental health issues, it's just affected them mentally in very negative ways. Now, I want to start by saying this, that there's what we call the societal rules for men. So I'm, I'm speaking mostly on the behalf of men. Um, women can relate to a lot of this as well, but there's societal rules for men and for some women are don't show your emotions, don't show your feelings, suck it up, be a man, don't cry. You want something to, you know, you want to cry, I'm going to give you something to cry about and figure it out on your own. Those are some societal rules of men that have been around forever. And those, those are some very devastating rules for men that have caused a lot of um, undue stress and issues within relationships, marriages, and so forth throughout the year. So when we look at that real quick, just when we're talking about men, when we, we, you know, there's quite a few suicidal um, attempts and suicides over the last couple of years. And as a matter of fact, in the first four months of 2020, 2020, in April, they reported that there was more suicide attempts in the first four months of 2020 than there was all of 2019. So partly to blame, and, and, and I can relate to this, and I'll explain why in a minute, but here we have the pandemic that shut down our country, and in many cases shut down businesses, shut down family businesses that have been around for, for generations, the, the reality of it. Um, people were out of work, people that had uh, lifelong career goals or and careers, now we're coming to the end of those careers and, you know, possibly uh, lost their 401k because of it, lo- losing their homes because of the shutdown. Uh, it was right around the corner from retirement. And now they don't see no, no way they're going to retire. And so because men, especially men, right, I'm going to get into the teen here too. I just want to touch on, on men real quick. That because because men are, are, are taught that their worth in the most most part, not all men, but a majority of men, their self worth is is tied to, or their identity, I should say, is tied to what they do for a living. I mean, you think about that in a lot of circles. Hey, my name's so and so. Hey, my name's so and so. Hey, what do you do for a living? I mean, it's one of the first questions that comes out in a social setting. It's like, it, it, what I do for a living has nothing to do with who I am today. And I went through this in 2011 when we, let our, when we closed the doors of my business. 
that all of a sudden I'm stuck. And I and I've been five years in recovery. I've done a lot of work on myself, and all of a sudden I'm looking at myself after building a business for 20 years and going, "Who am I? I mean, I'm no longer Macon Construction. People don't know, you know, they they know Macon Construction. You know, uh, I'm not I'm not tied into that anymore. I had 80 employees. I'm feeding 80 families. I'm not doing that. Who, who is Randy? Who is this guy named Randy? The next year, my life was tough. But I fortunately, I'm fortunate that I was in recovery, and I had a lot of different men that I could lean on and talk to because I was confused and I was scared. So I was able to to be able to talk about that. I was in a community of people that allowed men to talk about their fears and everything else. Well, a lot of men don't have that um, the luxury. So, so they're sitting trying to figure out how, how they're going to work through all this. And for a lot of them, you really got to think about this and be open-minded about all this. The best way for them, the only route they had, unfortunately, was, well, there's two outs. One was turning to a substance of, of either drugs or alcohol. Um, it, it happens a lot, even with retirees. And the second one is suicide. So the suicides increase you know, dramatically with the adults um, once this started. I think it was up about, about 60, 70%. I know the youth was up 100%, 67 to 100%. Um, and the adults are somewhere right around the same area. So men have to be allowed to talk about their feelings. Um, and what happens too with society is that, you know, a lot of women will say, I want my man, my husband to be more, more emotional, more, more, uh, feeling. And then when, when men start to be that way, some of the, some women, not all, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, <laughs> this is too much. But, you know, the thing of it is, is that men, we're human beings too. And we have feelings and we have emotions and we have fears just like everybody else. And just because we have a title of a man doesn't mean we're less susceptible to any of those. But when we have our identity tied to everything that we do, right, or what happened to us, I, I, I can't, it be, this isn't, I don't want to go into all this on this on this podcast, but man, there's a lot behind that. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of trauma that can be brought back up, uh, unknowing to, to the, the men that are involved in this. And it's, 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 it's sad. It's really sad. So we have to honor men for for maybe just being a father that they are. You know, being a good father. That's you know, yeah, yeah. Men are supposed to bring home the money. Over the years, that's what it's been. Uh, Proverbs thirty-one woman. Though, if you go to Proverbs thirty-one and read about the women in there, man, they're they're up making bread. They're they're working just as hard as men. They're the ones that are buying the fields. They're they're doing all the work also that men are doing. And so um, men men have to be looked at differently during these times. It's, they've got to be supported by the spouse. And it, it, look, I'm fortunate, and I know I'm not fortunate. I'm blessed that you know, my wife has, has been able to work and, and maintain a job. And you know, God's blessed us in a lot of ways. And I didn't know what I was going to do in 2011. I had no idea how all this was going to work out. But so far, it's worked out very good. But I'm also not sitting around the house feeling sorry for myself. I, 
I had a tough year and out after that tough year and I had people in my life that were really uh, some people would even say Randy we don't know you the contractor we, that, that's not the Randy that we know we know you that we meet see every day you know during the week and so you know it, it's men really need the support right now and, and so do women. I'm not discounting women in, in any way. Please don't think that I'm doing that. But again, I'm speaking on the man's behalf because I, there's not enough people, not enough psychologists that speak up on behalf of men and what they're going through. You know, we got to remember, we think that why is this happened to me? And we think that we're all alone in all these, situ- these bad situations that come up. But we're not. We're not alone at all. We're, we're not the only one. You know, you're not the only one out there that, that lost a job, lost a career, lost a business. And I know it's hard. It hurts. It sucks. It's like, why? You know, I've put all this work, blood, sweat, and tears, sleepless nights, countless hours. And now it's gone because of some governmental joke. I'll just say it that way. That's my opinion about it. So I'm going to move on to the, to the younger generation right now. And... I went through doing my research and it was, there's a lot more um, research that I found on the, the age group anywhere. Uh, it actually was a CDC. Part of this was through the Fair Health Investigation. And there was a couple other sites I looked at. And, and, and what they did is they did a, a 32 billion U.S. health insurance forms they looked at. And they, they, they focus on plus or minus $2 billion from 2019. I would say $2 billion forms okay, that they looked at from 2019 to 2020. And the age group for that was the pediatric age group between 0, age 0, and 22. And they particularly looked at the ages between eight, 13 and 18. And to some extent, they looked at 19 to 22-year-olds. Okay. During that time, between 2019 and 2020, when the pandemic first got underway, both groups had sharp spikes from pre-pandemic 2019 to 2020 in a range of emotional psychological conditions, which I understand and makes sense. So here, here, here's what some of those are. They're including um, major depression was up 49.6% in, uh, between April 19. In April 20. So April 20 was up 49.6%. A generalized, this, this, this generalized anxiety disorder um, in 19 to 22 years old was up, up 67.5% in, in that same time frame. So the anxiety of these kids, and which is understandable. Um, the adjustment disorder, there is self, self-harm, and I'll go over a a staggering statistic on that in just a second. Uh, self-harm, there's substance abuse. I got I got uh, statistics on that and on overdoses. There was OCD, ADHD, and then tick disorders. All those in, the, in between 2019 and 2020 increased. Well, you're not hearing about none of this. And supposedly, I read in, in here somewhere that, you know, when they shut down everything, they made sure they took a look at how it was going to affect everybody mentally. And I, I think that was a lie. I don't think they did that at all. Because how they've done it, they want to shut down the country. So, on the self-harm, 
there was a 334% spike in intentional self-harm among 13 to 18 year olds in the Northeast. I was up in the Northeast in August 2020 compared to August of 2019. That's a staggering, staggering statistic. All right. So part of it is this is, and I don't know because it didn't go into detail, but my could, because of what I do and what, what I do know, um, you know, if you take back those societal rules where mom and dad are going through their own problems, they don't know how to do because nobody ever helped them deal with these kind of problems. They can't help their children deal with these kind of problems. And so they just probably shut down on the children. I, and I, I don't know for sure. I'm just saying the logic thing is that if they had healthy parents and were able to talk to their children about what's going on in a healthy way, that, that spike wouldn't have increased. It, it, it might have increased maybe a little bit, but not 334%. That's outrageous. Right? So we have this pandemic of, of uh, that's going on in the world, exasperated in, in, this, in this age group, you know, between, um, between zero and 22 years old, because parents don't know how to parent their children. Not all parents, please, not all parents. There's parents out there that are great parents. Okay, the worst spikes occurred in March and April 2020 during first phase of pandemic in the U.S. Mental health, mental health disorders increased by 100 percent. That that is staggering. Increased by 100 percent for 13 to 18 year olds, and it slowly has decreased back down to 20 percent uh, by the end of the study in November 2020. But still, twenty percent increase is is it, 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 it not all that good. There should be no increase. I mean, I it's just staggering that these numbers are even there, and nobody you don't hear them being talked about anymore. Nineteen to twenty-two year olds are uh, are up seventy-seven percent. Okay, so the. This, the, the spike that occurred for the mental health disorders increased 77% and it decreased down to plus or minus 20% by November of 2020. So it seemed to stabilize around 20% of an increase. American girls, okay, this is American girls, I've been talking about men, American girls in general accounted for 66% of all mental health claims in both age groups pre-pandemic and 71% pre-pandemic was 66%, right? Post-pandemic, 71%. So an increase in reporting by, by, by girls, American girls. For 13 to 22 year olds, anxiety, anxiety, depression, and adjustment disorders all exploded in the spring of 2020, increasing at a rate of 80 to 90 percent. Why is nobody talking about this? Why? Where's the help for these people? Right, all we're talking about is coronavirus. You got to get a, you got to get a vaccine. No amount of vaccine, and then. I haven't even done research on since the vaccine, what kind of anxiety or how much has anxiety increased since this vaccine has come out? 
you know, with now it's saying if you don't get the vaccine, you can't do this and you can't do that. It's like, come on. This is America, the land of the free. Our government is creating a, a mental health issue that's out of control. Right? It's increased post-pandemic by 71%. Stupid. For 13 to 22-year-olds, oh, I'm sorry, I already said that. Um, the pain associated with mental illness is easy to self, it, it makes it really easy to self-medicate. If anybody out there that has suffered any kind of, or struggled with any kind of trauma, right? And trauma can be anything from the loss of a pet, right, to uh, the loss of a loved one, to a, a you know, witnessing a horrific car accident, witnessing a murder, and of course, being in, in, in war, right? Um, the pain of trauma uh, is, it's an emotional pain that sometimes can't be explained. I'm just going to put it to you that way. So the easy thing to do is to self-medicate. And once a person starts self-medicating, they realize that, while while it doesn't last, that self medication takes away that shame or that pain or whatever they're going through, at least for the moment, at least for maybe a night. And then they wake up in the morning and it's still there, so they keep self medicating and that's how they become addicted, right? Um thirteen to eighteen year olds, okay, and thirteen to eighteen year olds, drug overdoses increased ninety five percent in March the twenty twenty. Increased 95% in March 2020 and 119% in April of 2020. In one month, it increased that much. These are sad. These are because of substances. And especially in, in today's world with the substances, you know, uh, it seems that almost everything has fentanyl in it anymore. Fentanyl seems to be... Just ramp it everywhere. It could be laced in cocaine, heroin, PCP. It could be even, in, you know, there's a, it could be laced in, in, in weed. There's a lot of things it can be in. And that stuff is, is a fatal, it's a very fatal drug. If taken in the, in the wrong amounts. And actually, the wrong amount, they say, is a pinhead. It's a fatal dose, Okay. Substance abuse, um, stopping short of overdosing, right? So we, we, we have an increase of 95 to 119 percent in 13 to 18, 13 year old kids overdosing. What's, what's wrong with this picture? Why are 13 year olds getting high? And again, I, I know not all parents, but parents, where are you at? Why are your kids getting high? I, that's a question I, I, I seriously needs to be answered and addressed. Why are 13-year-old kids getting high? That's a serious problem. And none and 13-year-olds overdosing, 13 to 18-year-olds overdosing. It's pathetic that a 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15 is overdosing on drugs. Substance abuse short of overdosing has increased 65% and 63% respectfully. March 2020, 65%, up again 63% in April. 19 to 20-year-old overdoses up 65% in May 
Substance abuse is up 20%, 27% in April. 19 to 22 year olds, young adults. Substance abuse or uh, overdoses are up 65% in May. And the substance abuse is up 27%. There's a lot of factors that go into all this. I mean, what's happening in the world, it's just, it's, it's no wonder that this is happening. Our kids aren't given the skills to, to survive. They're not, they're not given the skills to deal with adversity. They're not given the skills they need to deal with, um, the stress of everyday life, let's say. They're just not given those skills. Nobody teaches them to them. You know, a lot of the kids today, it's this entitled world that they live in. You know, it's, it, it's, and, you know, look, I'm going to, I'm going to say something. When I was a kid playing baseball, you had to try out. You had to try out to, to, to play baseball. And you either made it or you didn't. And if you didn't make it, you didn't make it. You didn't play. You didn't get a participation trophy. You got a trophy only if you were like in first and second, third place. That's it. In today's world, it doesn't matter. You all get trophies. Everybody gets trophies. So our kids right off the bat are, are taught. It doesn't matter. I don't have to play that hard anyways. I'm still going to get a trophy. That's all that matters to dad anyways or mom. You know? It's the way we're raising our children today. I'm not into abuse. I'm not, in, I'm not into hitting our children at all. The Bible says there's nowhere in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, that says to hit a child. It doesn't work. It does not work, period. I got an article from psychology, world of psychology, that it's, it actually does the opposite of what we think it does. What we're not giving our children is life coping skills. That's what we're not giving our children. And that's what they need more than anything. The CDC reported the highest annual number of U.S. overdose, overdose deaths ever, ever ending in May of 2020. Overdose, dose, overdose deaths ever ending in May 2020, was 81,000 drug overdoses between May 2019 and May 2020. 81,000 deaths. That's staggering, overdoses. Quite simply, our government has blood on their hands. I'm just going to say it that way. They caused a lot of this. A lot of it in a lot of different ways. Teen suicides in 2020 for kids age 12. 12 years old to 17-year-old teen suicides, kid suicides, up 67 to 100%. That's staggering. And one in five contemplated it. One in five teens in that age group contemplated suicide. 
And whatever kept them from doing it, whoever kept them from doing it, kudos to you. And thank you. Sexual abuse of minors. My specialty. By the end of March 2020, a 22% increase in monthly calls from people under 18 went to the sexual abuse hotlines. An increase in monthly calls, 22% increase. Might not seem like a lot, but that's if it's 10%, that's that's more, that's not acceptable at all. 67% identified their purpose as a family member, which stands with this with the national statistics. 93% are family members or friends, family friends, and only uh, 7% are strangers. And here, here's the thing that we have to remember about this reporting, that that's only 10% of cases are ever reported, period. Only 10% of sexual abuse cases are ever reported. And, and for, for those of you that are saying, well, what's the big deal, blah, 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 it's a huge big deal. You have no idea. If you have not been sexually abused, and if you have and you're saying no big deal, you have some work to do. You, you, you need to spend some time and come out of denial. I've worked with too many people. It's no big deal. And then they find out how big of a deal it is. The minute a child is sexually abused, the spirit of that child has been assassinated. It causes damage that you cannot comprehend. And the only, the only hope we have is that that child gets help at a very young age. And I know a couple of, of, of parents that have had their child molested. Or their child, not they haven't had their child molested. Their child was molested by a family member. And they got help for that child in a facility that was specifically for the child abuse, the sexual abuse of kids. And their children are fine today. But it's because they got the help right away. For those of us that aren't able to get help and weren't able to get help, it will affect us in ways that you, as a teenager, you won't even comprehend right now. As a parent, the words get over, it happens, no big deal, you'll be fine. Mm-mm wrong thing to say it will affect them in ways that you won't understand period drug addiction porn addiction as they get older the the, the disdain for women the disdain for men i've heard it all so if you have a child that's been sexually abused whether it's a two-year-old and yeah it happens to two-year-olds or rather it's a a 16-year-old Listen to them and get them the help they need today. Don't wait. It is a big deal. It's a huge deal. So adults displaying reporting symptoms of a... Uh, anxiety or disorder to up 273% increase. 273% increase. Two thousand nineteen, eleven percent, twenty twenty, forty one point one percent. So the anxiety disorder and depressive disorders up two hundred seventy three percent. World Health Organization noted that depression, anxiety, 
cost the global economy an estimated, you ready for this? One trillion dollars per year in lost productivity. Depression and anxiety disorders cost the global economy an estimated $1 trillion per year in lost productivity. If most of those cases go untreated because if you're working, your employee don't really give a rat's butt about it. You just need to produce. If you don't produce, there are some really good employers out there that will help you get the help you need. But on, I think on the, on the most part, most, most employers, that's your problem. You deal with it. Don't, don't bring it to work. Just so you know, sexual abuse costs the American public $94 billion a year. $94 billion a year. That's with the legal, that's with the legal, uh, legal costs, hospitalization costs. There's several different costs that are involved, but it's $94 billion a year. They also say that the economy is now a significant source of stress for 70% of 70% of Americans compared to 46% in 2019. That's a 55% increase. It's a 55% increase what they're saying. Governor's response causing stress at a rate of 67% of Americans. So our wonderful governors, governors, especially of the blue states, especially here in California, New York, those governors, right, are causing stress at a rate of 67% of Americans, increasing. Now, you can say, well, you know, nobody can cause, cause anxiety or stress. Well, yeah, you're right. We bring it on ourselves, but again, if we weren't taught how to deal with this stuff in a healthy manner growing up, then it's we always have something to blame it on. Right? We're gonna blame it on something because we don't know how to we don't know how to deal with it. Then it's then it's our governor's fault, which you know I, I can agree with our governors, especially here in California. He's he's destroyed the state. I mean, that's my opinion, and and. It's okay if you have if your opinion varies from that. It's that's fine too. It's your opinion. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. And uh, it's just, it's just we, way we. That's the other thing that happens is because we have very you know difference of opinions. People start arguing and say, "Well, I'm not ta- ever talking to you again. I'm not going to do this." I'm. Not, it's like, well, come on, grow up. It's okay that we have different opinions. We don't have to hate each other for it. It's sad that that's even happening. says that one-third, 33% of Americans experienced high levels of psychological distress during the COVID outbreak. Understandable. Understandable. I mean, am I going to get it? Am I going to die? I mean, the panic was through the roof, right? Um, just look at the, even today with the mask, people are scared to death to take a mask off. It's like people... They're just scared to death to take, even when they're vaccinated. The government has done such a good job of brainwashing the American people. 55% poor financial situations have experienced high levels of stress, and 50% of 
of those report having a disability or handicap that keep them from fully participating in work, school, or other activities. So 55% have poor financial situations. We have poor financial uh, situations, have experienced high levels of stress, and 50% of those report having a disability. Understand, that's understandable. Again, high levels of stress. How are you going to cope with it? You don't know how to cope with it? You're going to drink more. You, if that don't work, and, and, and maybe somebody says the wrong thing to you one day, then you put a gun to your head. I mean, it's that simple. You know, people don't understand. Well, you know, you're not them. Don't try to understand them. What we need to do is support our people. And when I say support, I'm not necessarily saying financially. I'm saying emotionally, spiritually. We need to be there to support the people that are struggling and help them to understand that they're still they're still the person that your wife fell. You're still that person, right? Don't don't let what's happening to you financially define who you are as a human being. That's the worst thing we can do. You know, we came to this earth with nothing. We're going to leave it with nothing. Enjoy your life every minute that you can. Find ways to enjoy it. We need to start supporting each other emotionally and spiritually. And thus, that being said, men, we need to be able to start talking about how we feel. It's that simple. You cannot start putting men down and say, I don't want to hear about it. Don't tell me about your feelings. Don't tell me about your emotions. You want to know why people act on their feelings? Because nobody ever listens to them. That's why people act on feelings. Right? Feelings are feelings. They're real. It doesn't mean they have to act. It's how they feel. We have to acknowledge them and say, wow, it must be really tough right now. I, I can't imagine being in your shoes. And I don't know how I can help you other than just know that I'm here if you ever need to talk. Just understanding and supporting them that way is all they really need. But so many men and people are just shut down. Get over it. It's over. Nothing you can do about it. Grow up. Figure it out. It doesn't work. Believe me, I've talked to hundreds of men. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Text messages increased 1,000%. According to, and that's from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration. 1,000%. In April 2019, they had 1,790 text messages. In April 2020, they had 20,000. 20,000. That's staggering. Long-term psychological consequences. Often, collective traumas can last a lifetime or longer. Again, like I said earlier, if you haven't struggled with trauma, if you haven't experienced trauma, right, the psychological damage, the psychological pain can last a lifetime. And, and, and it's not like you're walking around and it's, it's staring you in the face. It's not. It's at a subconscious level. And things happen and you react in, in a negative way. And it all has to do with that trauma, right? Um, and so we have to be aware of it. That's why it's important to let people talk. 
Sometimes people, that's all they need to do is talk. But yet we want to try and fix everybody when we can't fix ourselves. So you need to understand that these traumas can last a lifetime. One of my meditations with God one morning, he told me, Randy, the damage is incomprehensible, especially to those that have not been through it. They don't understand it. So they're not going to be able to understand it. It's that, that bad. And the scarring is deeper than you can ever imagine. That, that was a meditation given to me 13 years ago, and it stands true today, and I use it all the time. The scars that you don't even, don't even know we have until something triggers it, and then it comes up. But the thing we have to remember is that if you're working with somebody that, that can help you through this process, that God's only going to give you what you can handle. He's only going to reveal certain things to you when you're ready to have them revealed. And it's happened, it's happened to a couple of people that we're mentoring right now. It's all of a sudden things are being revealed that they, they completely forgot about. So we have to be aware of this. Just that if they don't deal with the trauma today, if they don't work, I don't want to say deal because dealing with it's not healing. But they don't work through their trauma and their psychological issues today and get the tools they need to cope with them, then they're going to pay for it. So, there's a lot that's going on in this world, and, and, and this is something that is not looked at, not talked about, and it needs to be talked about, and needs to be put out there. So, if you got somebody that's struggling, let them know that you love them no matter what. Let them know that you're there for them, that you not, can't necessarily heal, heal them, you can't necessarily help them. But what you can do is you can just be there to listen to them and hear their pain and understand where they're coming from. It's almost this, you have to have a, 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 a tremendous amount of empathy right now for people. Not sympathy, but empathy. Empathy. You got to have a tremendous amount of it. And if you can't give them empathy, then... Just tell them you love them. That's about all you can do. So, with that, I'll conclude this this episode. I hope this gives you some understanding, some insight to what's going on out there. Hopefully this this pandemic will be over quickly. You can check out um, my book, my books, Healing the Wounded Child Within. It is on Amazon and paperback, Audible, and Kindle, my uh, 30-day devotional to wholeness. It's a great, it's a great uh, devotional. It's got some scripture, and at the end of every devotion, it's got three questions, contemplative questions to to work through. Um, our couples group, we had them read it together and answer the questions with each other, and it, it really helped them grow a lot. So that's also available on Amazon, on Kindle, and paperback. And the seven-day challenge workbook that goes with the with healing the wounded child within is also on in paperback only on Amazon. I am meeting with my uh, translator on the 18th of this month to go over. I think the book. I believe my book has been completely translated. So the next step will be getting the cover done and then formatting it so I can get it out there. So it looks like 
I would imagine in the next month or so, I'm hoping to have that book published and out on the market for those that are looking for it in Spanish. Also, you can check out the Courageous Healers Foundation. Check out our website, CourageousHealers.org. See what we do with sexual abuse. See what's going on over in that that realm of, of my world. And if you're looking for some life coaching, mentoring, you can check out ChangeYourLifeStoryNow.com. ChangeYourLifeStoryNow.com. They're both up in the window there. Just go in there and fill out the contact form. Let me know what you're looking for, and I will get back to you usually within an hour or two of receiving your email. If it works out, I'll be glad to glad to help you help you on a road to freedom. So, at any rate, appreciate you all tuning in this. If you could all do me a favor, make sure you like this and uh, subscribe to it on whatever platform you're listening to, and then. I also do, this goes over to YouTube as well, and please like and subscribe to the YouTube page as well. I really, it just takes a couple seconds. It doesn't cost you nothing. It's free, but it really helps out the Courageous Healers Foundation and all that we do, okay? And remember, if nobody loves tells you they love you today, Randy does, but more importantly, God does. Be blessed, everybody, and have a great, great rest of the day, morning, evening, whatever you This has been Healing Courageously with Randy Boyd. We will have a new episode every Monday. Please like us on iTunes or Google Play. If you would like to know more about the services available from Randy, please visit him at changeyourlifestorynow.com. Thank you for spending time with us. We'll see you next week. And remember, if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does. <laughs>